0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You're listening to Lerato Ombele on Power
1: 98.7. Oh, I love that submission by Sposh. It's so clever. Self-limiting beliefs, self-harming. Thing. I don't to i anymore. and people have thought about it they've done the work as to how do they become better versions of themselves so what does freedom mean to you a day before South Africa observes freedom, a commemoration and a celebration of the first ever democratic elections in South Africa on the 27th of April 1994 so we'll be reflecting on a lot of those uh, values tomorrow It's 10.39 and I want to tell you that Denmark, Switzerland, France, Luxembourg, Mauritius and Japan are some of the cleanest countries in the world. They feature on a list of top 10 cleanest countries in the world according to the GPCI index. Dubai which is a big city in the United Arab Emirates, is regarded as the cleanest city in the world. So I've told you countries, but the cleanest city in the world is said to be Dubai. And one of the things that all these countries or the city have in common is the wealth factor. These are all affluent nations with low levels of inequality. And I think when you have affluence, it reduces the risk and the prevalence of crime And that in turn reduces the prospects for social decay uh, because also it means there's sufficient resources available uh, at municipal level to maintain infrastructure, uh, at a national level to build better, newer buildings, to provide services to local communities. But nonetheless, there are other technical reasons other than wealth and geography that matter. And I think it's these technical lessons that I think we can Talk about, learn from and see if we can emulate in the context of South Africa. And the reason we're talking about this is uh, the city of Johannesburg, the largest or the richest city in uh, the country with a big budget of over 77 billion rands, um, is now without an executive mayor again. And we see around us... um, what the dilapidated infrastructure looks like, what the crumbling infrastructure looks like, the big potholes. And when he first came into office, we laughed at Tapelo Ahmad when he said his priority is tackling um, potholes. I laughed. But actually, hindsight, you think to yourself, it was a good place to start because in a city that is directing a lot of goods and services that accounts for one third of the country's GDP... You can't have roads in disrepair, and yet you've got to really facilitate the logistics of how goods move around the city. So actually, sorting out the roads becomes one of the fundamental pillars of cleaning up the city. Here on Power Talk, often um, our listeners will call through and lament the sorry state of affairs in the Johannesburg CBD, and the growing decay, we're told, or instance of decay in the city of Tswane. And people saying it doesn't look like the way we used to remember old Joburg or the way we used to remember old Pretoria. And what that means is you just create um, chaos um, and also a high risk of you know diseases surfacing and spreading. There was a report earlier this week that there's a cockroach and rat infestation In Johannesburg, for goodness sake. So what does it take to clean up a city and have it functioning? And so we're going to talk to Dalu Kele, who's the founder and executive director of Clean Cities uh, South Africa. Uh, And we also have Nozipo Khachwayo, who's the executive manager for programs at the SA Cities Network. Nozipo, good morning.
0: Good morning, Lerato, and good morning
1: to your listeners. Thank you for joining us. Dalu, good morning.
2: Good morning, Lerato, and good morning to your PowerFM listeners.
1: Thank you so much. Um, Nozipo, I'm just going to go ladies first, you know, because I'm that girl. You know, I remember um, a civil engineer who was working across southern Africa, Nozipo, saying his observations were that urban decay, uh, decay begins to set in with a very small infraction, something very small happens. A signpost falls off uh, the door and you don't fix it. Or a window breaks in a public building and you don't fix it. And the longer it takes to fix it, the quicker the dominoes start to fall. Because mm-hmm. the signpost falls, the window breaks, then you don't cut the grass, then you don't fix the gate, then the the fence starts to rust And before you know it, everything has fallen apart. So Mm -hmm. not fixing small things ultimately leads to big problems. Do you concur Mm -hmm. with that view?
0: Lerate, we've just spoken to what is termed the broken window uh, theory, which says when there are visible signs of disorder and misbehavior in any environment, it encourages further disorder and misbehavior. And that leads to other serious, um, to serious consequences. And we see that that in reality um, in, in our urban spaces. <clears throat> now, the question, or maybe the biggest thing that we are dealing with is why um, does the first offense happen and who is responsible for fixing the first offense so that we assign responsibility and accountability accordingly. In some instances, the urban decay that we are seeing um or maybe the first offense as i called it it is as a result of a policy decisions that are taking place uh within the cities and in some instances it is perpetuated by property owners um there's various factors i mean l- let me just maybe start with poor urban planning you find that in some in some instances a city might propose a land use that is actually accelerating urban decay for an example If you think about what happened in the city of Johannesburg downtown, and you saw that exodus of big businesses Mm. into Sanctum, what it then meant is that those people, the, the businesses that were interested in Santin, they vacated those buildings. Some of them are yet to be occupied to this day, and some of them have been uh, vandalized and being occupied by by illegal occupants mm-hmm. with no bylaw enforcement to make sure that that does not happen. Mm-hmm. So th- that's that's the one um, one part of it. But another offence that also takes that also takes place is. When we also see the sub-urbanization um, taking place, what you see happening in Santin, as much as everyone is uh, glorifying the uh, most expensive square mine um, in, 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 in Africa, yeah. the good development that is taking place in, in Santin, which is seems to be integrated, it comes at the expense of, of, of Johannesburg. Now, the... The, 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 the real thing that must happen is, or what should have happened, was for the city of Johannesburg, noting the exodus of businesses in Johannesburg, to say, mm. how do we close the gap? How do we incentivize for that space not to be left unoccupied? Um, but we've, we're seeing what we've seen in the past 20 years, interesting ways in which not only government, but also civil society, residents, and businesses themselves have tried to keep their mm. spaces of this broken window um a phenomenon yeah. that we've seen which is really making or causing me urban decay right. in our spaces. All
1: right, I want to bring you in Adalucelo just to get your view and then we'll elaborate and explore some of uh Sisnozipo's thoughts. So I was alluding to the fact that when uh the now ex mayor of Gauteng first came in first interview he said I'm going to fix the potholes and we laughed ha ha ha. I have to admit. But when I think about it, it starts with the potholes. Then you look up and the traffic lights are perpetually broken. Um, and then you look up and then the homeless guys are directing the traffic where the traffic lights are broken. And so gradually you're starting to see more and more signs of things really and truly being in a parlous state. And yet we're talking about a municipality which has a huge budget and was even looking for a supplementary budget at the capital market. So what do they do with the money?
2: Uh, Thank you, Larato. I think from from my side, just to contribute um, in the first instance, I think uh, you talked about uh, the broken window issue. Mm. Um, So this, for me, is about poor urban management. Um, you know, the city of Joburg, there is continuous increased migration of people into the inner city uh, because of affordable accommodation, etc. Mm. Mm. But the city is facing a myriad of issues that I can just highlight just to, mm. to, to strengthen the, the discussion. You know, um, so we're talking about, I think, one of the biggest challenges we are facing is that the bylaws are not actually being um, uh, enforced in the inner city. So Mm -hmm. it goes through a number of other issues with regards to service delivery. Like this morning, I was there in the inner city Mm -hmm. delivering plastic bags for for our teams that uh, clean up uh, the streets in the inner city. You can see some um, degradation in terms of, for example, uh, maybe there was a water pipe burst and then a ground or a road has been opened up and then it's not backfilled, so you have that um, sand overflowing into into the into the street. So you know those kind of things. So it, it also adds up into that broken window issue. But more than anything else, if you look at the inner city, for example, there's a lot of illegal dumping. I think you you were yeah. talking about the issues around cockroaches. Mm. You know that has been infested uh, our, our country. So mm. littering, illegal dumping. There's serious serious issues around that because if you look at um, section 24 of our constitution it says everyone has a right to an environment uh, oh. that is not detrimental to their health and yeah. well-being and also to have the environment protected. So uh, a whole host of issues emanate just out of illegal dumping and um, uh, and littering. You know yeah. the, 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 the rats or the rodent uh, infestation that you can see around. I mean, the kids can play around within the illegal dumping sites, you know, bacteria and all of that. So it's a serious issue if our cities are not clean. But also, I think there's an issue around the bylaws. For example, there's prevalence of illegal land uses. A lot of other buildings within our cities and in the inner city of Joburg have been invaded. You know, you know. So there's people that are using those buildings illegally, mm-hmm. and then another issue that we we face is the issue around unmanaged informal trading in our city. So one of those issues that are contributing towards um, the degradation, or uh, especially around illegal dumping and and waste in the city. Yeah. And maybe just to 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 add the last point, the, the status of civic assets. You know, there's municipal buildings, there's public infrastructure like nice. your, your parks uh, that are supposed to be used by families, by communities. you find that that infrastructure, uh, the city will invest money into it. They put the infrastructure, maybe an outside gym yeah. in it, trees and so forth, and then they get vandalized and yeah. uh, uh, pieces of equipment uh, are stolen. So overall, I think it's something to do with the law and order, right. uh, the bylaws. Um, um, and the unemployment that we see in our country. All
1: right. So there are many social issues, which is what Uput Dalu is referring to. uh, But Sisnozipo, let's focus on on this one issue as law and order as an important pillar to creating cleaner cities. Um, Mm. One of the reasons that people always say Cape Town is so clean, you know, is because you see visible policing. uh, You've seen... um, I don't know how we say this in a delicate way, but you've seen how the homeless problem has been managed by taking out uh, many of the people who've been sleeping under bridges and resettling them in shelters. You've seen uh, informal traders being l- directed to uh, constructed spaces of trade. And so all of those things start to create a semblance of order. And cleanliness. And I know when um, Mbazima Shaloa was the premier of Johannesburg, he really tried to talk about this issue and even look at sites at which uh, informal traders could be located and housed properly uh, in trading sites with kiosks, sheltered cover, etc., etc. And I think they did build some of those sites. But um, the impetus to do that somehow died along the way. And I wonder why that is. Mm -hmm.
0: Lerato, L- 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 I think the, the the one thing that I want to um, highlight is that order does not necessarily equate to efficiencies, especially economic efficiencies for, um, for those in the informal sector. We've got a number of cases where cities have tried to create order by building market stalls, but those market stalls where they were located um, it's not necessarily where the foot is, where they would get their customers. So there is also this um, juggling that needs to take place to say we don't want to keep the informality um, out of the formality, but let's make sure that it happens in an orderly in an orderly manner. Mm. Where you just try to keep it out of sight, that is where you would find the informal uh, traders going back to their original spots because they know that's where their that's where their customers are. But then another thing that also linked to what you are talking about, and 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 uh, you you citing a, an example of the city of um, of, of Cape Town, mm. yes, Cape Town is is, is very clean, and it, it it has its own challenges when it comes to um, homelessness, and yeah. I think it's one city that is affected more than any other city um, uh, when it comes to uh, homelessness, yeah. and cities would always remind us that um, it is not their responsibility. Um, to take care of the homeless. It's a provincial, mm. it's a provincial, um, mm. provincial mm. function. Mm. But then you're talking about dignity issues here. Yeah. You're mm. talking about um, um, the rights of people. What yeah. they have done um, in Cape Town, and in fact, they were the first um, municipality to adopt the special rating areas, um, which others call the um, Central uh, District Improvement Zones, mm. where you find that it's either the residents or the commercial uh, businesses, they say, We understand that um, uh, there's a minimum standard that the city needs to uphold in this particular area. We want to supplement it, and then they collect money, and they they, they help with the upkeep. We see it in Santin. Grandfontaine is uh, managed like that. In fact, in Cape Town, they want, I think at some point, uh, I learned that this year, they wanted to add 20 more um, of these uh, special rated areas. Mm. But that doesn't take away the responsibility of the city to provide the minimum standards. What it does is that the residents or the commercial um, um, uh, persons there, they say they will supplement. And that's why you may see maybe in some instances more cleaning people in in Cape Town because it's those added resources outside of government.
1: And also just to qualify, Sisnozipon, and I'm glad you're saying, you know, homelessness in as much as it, presents um, a problem in inverted commas, um, it needs to be handled with sensitivity and dignity. And just because we see a semblance of order in in inner city Cape Town doesn't mean there's order in the outskirts of Cape Town. And, And those are also the issues we need to discuss when we talk about Cape Town. We have to qualify what it is that people see in the tourism economy of Cape Town and what the rest of the city looks like.
0: That is very true. Yeah. It, it goes to also say, where does the city then choose to um, invest? And mm. we are finding this skewness because city wants to cities want to achieve their economic objectives. And in some instances, they are neglecting other areas mm. um, at the expense, uh, you mm. know, focus in one area at the expense of the yeah. other. And those are the things that the cities okay. really need to, need to, to juggle with. Right. It, it's the principle of equitability more than equality, but making sure that at the end of the day, a person is put at the centre of whatever right. developmental decisions that the right. city is made.
1: We're in conversation with Dalupele, founder and executive director of the Clean City South Africa NPC and Potla Dwayo, the executive manager for programmes at SA Cities Network. we we'll come back with closing comments.
0: Power talk with
1: how do you make a clean city? This is a municipal and local government function. We're in conversation with Nozipo Lachwayo and Dalu Kele. let's ask you, you know, how did countries like Rwanda, Singapore, Mauritius and all of these other Scandinavian countries get it right? You know, when we take out budgets and wealth, what are the things they do really well that South Africa could emulate in its big metropoles?
2: Mm. Uh, this is about having the private uh, public partnership and the communities are at the center of making sure that uh, we can keep our cities clean. Mm. Um, we know there's a huge challenge in terms of budgets from our government uh, at a local level, provincial level and at a national level. Mm. So it's not possible for a government only to do this on their own. But if the community buys into taking pride in looking after their own environment i think we can make a huge Mm. difference it just starts with where you live basically i mean if you can able to keep your your house your household clean then you might as well keep your streets and your neighborhood Mm. and your public spaces clean and also being able as as a household or as a community or as an individual that littering has an effect on the environment, and yeah. the spaces where we operate. So I think the, the solution here is to work together between mm. the government and the communities. And there's also one other area that I find um, lacking within our public spaces mm. or in government is the issue around education mm. and the implications of littering and illegal dumping mm. to our own health. So people think that if you're throwing paper on the street you you're creating jobs, yes. you know. So I think um we're not spending enough budget on education. Right. Okay.
1: Yes. I I I yeah, and enforcing bylaws which has come up quite strongly. Final comments from you, Nozi Potlajo, and I'm asking here, what are the big ticket issues that city councils should focus on? The big agenda issues that they should really and truly focus on?
0: Um Lerato, uh, uh, maybe let me start by adding on what uh, was um, shared by um, your other guest. Mm. When you talk about whose responsibility um, it is to keep our cities clean, he's articulate, articulated it very well. It's all of our responsibility. And I'm going to pose a question to you and your listeners. Mm. So, when you did your kitchen renovations in your house mm. and they broke down the tiles and everything else, somebody came to pick up the rubble. Do you know where it landed? No. Because it is the same kind of litter. You might say that you don't throw things out of the window of your car. Mm. But when we then do our home improvements, those are the same things that land up on the side of our street. Mm. So number one, knowing what kind of services that the cities provide to us is very important. So you'll know where the rubble can be disposed of at a very minimal cost because these services or these centers are available to all of us. And maybe cities can do better to, ma- to market these so that uh, it limits the amount of um, illegal dumping that we find in our cities. Number two, it's our interest as the citizens um, and the cities as well to look at the balance because we do tend to focus on the CAPEX where are the roads being built? Where is the clinic going to be built? But the operational budget of the municipality is the one that determines whether there's enough money to clean the roads, um, mm-hmm. to uh, make sure that we uh, close the broken caps okay. and, and, and pipes and all of those things. So looking at that, when we engage in these public participation processes, we'll assist us okay. um, to uh, play an influence over how the city decides right. to appropriate its, its, its funding. Okay. A- uh- and then number two, this partnership, and we talk about um, an all-of-society and whole-of-government approach yeah. around these things. All-of-society requires... Cities to form partnerships with non-government actors to address problems right. that are faced by the city.
1: I'm going to. Inter- I don't think
0: the city will will win on its own if it doesn't partner with organisations okay. like um, um, Clean, Clean Cities SA. Okay,
1: I'm going to I'm going to interject there because we've got news. But I think there is definitely going to be cause for us to expand more, particularly even what was said about the migration of big business from the inner city to sandton because what it does mean is they've created this richer square mile which then means that they're paying more for rates and taxes which means that there's a huge concentration of resources going into the sandton cbd which could have stayed in the joburg cbd and some of those economics are things we can expand expand in future so thank you very much for your times uh noziphoshatshoyo and dalu Dele.